Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. Hey there, Solar Warriors. I'm Nico Johnson, and this is Suncast. Each week, I pull back the veil on the life and business insights of clean tech entrepreneurs building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. Hey, welcome back, Solar Warrior. Thanks so much for lending me your ears and the only non-renewable resource that you possess. That's your time. We are so appreciative that you listen to Suncast. If you're new here, I hope that you come away with a ton of value. I know that you will. This is what we call a tactical Tuesday. It's a short form conversation with subject matter experts designed to give you practical tools, tips, and advice for building your solar business or career. And by short form, we mean not an hour long. So sit back and relax as we dig into the day's topic of ESG. And to talk about the topic of ESG, I'm bringing back one of my favorite past guests and yours as well, apparently, as her episode has been downloaded among the top episodes on Suncast. Mona Dejani, as I've said before, is a veritable badass in the world of renewable energy finance, and she is someone that I go to whenever I don't understand a particular topic that relates to raising money or selling projects. So Mona today is going to talk to us about ESG. If you're unfamiliar with ESG, well, then listen to this coming directly from a recent checklist that Pillsbury, the firm that Mona heads the renewable energy practice for, created as a little tantalizing tidbit. As institutional shareholders invest record amounts in environmental, social, and governance, yes, that's ESG, conscious funds (laughs) and companies, boards of directors are looking for ways their companies can design and implement a business strategy that produces a sustainable future and remain relevant in a world where climate change, social injustice, pandemics, disease prevention, and wellness are the new normal. So if you missed it, again, environmental, social, and governance criteria, that is ESG. That is on the docket today with Mona Dejani. I am so glad that you've decided to join us here and level up your game. Remember, you can always find the resources and learn more about today's guest and recommendations over at mysuncast.com. That's also where, as you'll hear in the episode, where you can download the checklist that Mona and her team have put together to help you and your board figure out how to implement ESG for your company. So get ready to tune up your skills, Solar Warrior. Here we go with another powerful conversation on Suncast. Okay, so as I teased Mona is back. Mona is a dear friend. She's also an engineer, an MBA, dual qualified lawyer in the UK and the US. She holds multiple leadership positions in the firm known as Pillsbury Winthrop Shaw Pittman, LLP, for their renewable energy practice. And she's a returning guest from Suncast episode 237. Mona, welcome back to Suncast. Thank you, Nico. I'm really glad to be back here again. Mona, the reason that I brought you back and the thing that I'm sure you spend more time than you'd hoped talking about and something I hope maybe you'll just send in this episode moving forward is to define and help the Suncast tribe understand ESG and how to implement it at their respective companies. So why don't we just from the top lay the foundation for ESG, environment, social and governance criteria. What does it mean and why should we care? 
So ESG, as you correctly said, environmental social governance, this encompasses climate change, social justice, and human rights. And companies that have you know, employees, customers in mind, shareholders, they have been committing significant funds and resources to support issues of ESG, so social consciousness, global citizenship for the greater good. This is a rapidly complex and evolving area. It has been spearheaded through a COVID. You know, Nico is the head of the renewable energy practice. I'm doing a lot of deals, whether they are ESG related advice and strategy, all the way to actually accessing capital markets, you know, because of the ESG designation that these companies are able to get. Well, Mona, you alluded to it just now. It seems to me that ESG has become this almost like sustainability, right? It's this Mm -hmm. proffered term that in many ways is proselytized around raising money, accessing capital markets. What are you seeing from the perspective of someone who's a deal maker, who helps Mm -hmm. companies put M&A, structure, financing, et cetera? What are you seeing about how ESG is being utilized in the in the capital markets as a criteria itself, as a uh, sort of a, a box that needs to be ticked. You know, ever since you know COVID has happened, we are seeing many investors for public companies and also private companies too, but really driven by public company investors that are caring about these ESG standards. And they want their companies, they want their portfolio companies to demonstrate ESG as a priority. And it's not just coming from the investors, it's also coming from the government. So we've had like uh, the Securities and Exchange Commission, we've had the CFTC, we've had the Department of Treasury, all talking about And nothing's been formulated yet, but there's been some guidelines that have been issued by the SEC, for example, that are saying, if you're a public company, we want you to disclose some ESG uh, criteria. Now, outside of the U.S., also in Europe, they have the same thing. They're saying in certain countries that as part of their ESG, you know, diversity is very important. They would have to have a certain number of diverse people on their boards. And the same thing here in the U.S. is happening. So it's being driven by the investors. It's being driven by the landscape, the political landscape that we're in and how our world has really changed as a result of being in a pandemic. It seems to me like the term ESG is Mm -hmm. being used as almost a catch-all umbrella phrase for as an organization or a country or an entity. Mm -hmm. Are you socially aware of the impact of your decisions, financial and otherwise, how they will be met in the market with pushback for you know, environmental reasons or you know, socioeconomic reasons. Is that fair to say? Yes, absolutely. The world's asset managers are taking a proactive stance on the ESG spectrum. And this is going to continue to drive discussions around disclosure and also data quality for ESG. You know, um, there's been a number of, like, for example, BlackRock, 
you know, they urged companies to disclose how they're preparing for a net zero world where, you know, net greenhouse gas is going to be eliminated by a certain, you know, 2050. There have been other Wall Street companies that are saying, how are these systematic risks associated with climate change and lack of racial and ethnic diversity on boards? How is that affecting the bottom line? Right. And it all comes back to the money, right? And that's and it's not it to say it all comes that, back to the money. Yeah. Follow and, the money. <laughs> and we and we have to be practical in an industry where we are vying mm-hmm. for the same capital everyone else is vying for. If we want to grow, we need capital. If you want to sell your projects or get investments into your uh, you know, your 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 IPP or even if you want to grow uh, your smaller, you know, we'll call it long tail firm providing services in the renewable energy industry, we're fighting for the same dollars. So talk to me, mm-hmm. Mona, about the, this concept of ESG capital. I understand that there is something that I've heard you call a ratings system or, or at least having high or low ESG ratings and how that compares. Could you walk me through the way that the capital markets think about ESG moving forward and, and, and therefore why it's important to us to understand it? Yeah. So, you know, first of all, what's really important is that you need to, first of all, have like this ESG strategy as a company. You need to have this ESG strategy. Then that strategy needs to be implemented so that you are producing a sustainable future and you're addressing climate change, social injustice, disease prevention and wellness. Okay. As a new, as a new normal. After the board does this, you know, what, 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 what the next thing they need to do is how do you measure what's going on? How do you measure progress to um, ESG credibility? And then once, once you have these, you know, you feel as a company that you have this ESG plan, then, you know, and program then uh, what it does is it's, it's internal and external. From an internal basis as a company, it's helping attract talent in diversity and inclusion. It would increase individual performance factors, et cetera. Externally, and I'm very excited about this externally, this is what I'm doing a lot of lately, is you can access ESG capital. There are lots of major pools of capital Right now, you know, over 25 billion that are investing in ESG friendly companies, and it is expected to grow over 40 billion. We're also doing, and I just did one, I just did a big green bond uh, that was announced last week. And what this is, is a, it's a green bond issuance, and it's a way to access the capital market where a company can use this as a financing tool so long as and and get access to this ESG capital so long as they hit some of these ESG metrics that I was talking about earlier. So it's in everyone's best interest. You know, it's helping the uh, rating agencies. It's helping the banks. It's helping the companies get access to capital just because they're implementing these ESG strategies. And this this is something, Nico, that we have been, you know, that I help companies do, you know, I'm, uh, both from the sponsor side as well as from the financial, the ones that are actually, you know, divvying up, you know, the capital market. Hey, I know the fact that you are 
listening to this means that you like to stay ahead of your peers. You like to stay informed. It also means you probably have formed your own opinions. Well, I'd like you to bring those opinions and join my friend Tor, Solar Fred, Valenza, and myself as we host the revival of our great debate series. That's right. We're partnering with North America Smart Energy Week Road to New Orleans and bringing you five installments of our great solar debate, starting things off on May 26th with residential solar financing, which is the best form for consumers. Leasing, PPAs, or PACE. We have some exciting guests, including the head of policy for Sonova that are going to join us, and I hope that you will as well. You can find details at mysuncast.com. Check out the banner we have there for the Great Solar Debate. You can also find the event on my own LinkedIn page, linked there as an event. You can find me on LinkedIn or go to mysuncast.com. It's easy. Click on the button, register right there. You don't want to miss it. Put it on your calendars for May 26th, the Great Solar Debate. Hope you'll join us. Hey, by now, I'm sure you've probably heard about our mission-minded program, getting your dream job in clean energy in 12 weeks. Our current cohort has given us great feedback and kudos, I might add, as they go through the material and our coaching calls. You can see more about what this program looks like at suncast.vip. That's our brand spanking new webpage to talk about the mission-minded program. That's also where you can send friends, family, neighbors, colleagues that you know who might need a little extra help, a little guidance to find that dream job in clean energy. Our mission-minded program cohort is ongoing right now. We are taking a waiting list for our next cohort. I'd encourage you to do two things. One, send anyone you know that might be interested. Two, those of you who are so inclined, please go check out suncast.vip and email me, nico at mysuncast.com. Mona, can we share with the audience the ESG Board Advisory Checklist that you and Pillsbury have so graciously put together for your clients? And, and if so, I'd love it if you could tell me a bit about why it exists and how it's structured, and then we'll, we can get into some of the takeaways. Sure, sure. So the reason why we put together this ESG Board Advisory Checklist, frankly, is because we were getting so many companies and investors calling us, contacting us and saying, help, help, help. How do we deal with this? What's going on? We want to be cutting edge. How do we do this? What do we need to know? And because there's lack of standardization right now, and this is relatively new, we decided we're going to help our clients. And of course, we're going to help your listeners. And we put together this, this ESG checklist, this board. It's actually, it's, it is geared for ES for board for board of directors for a company. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a public company, but it's it's geared more for boards, more for public companies, because those, those are the majority of the clients that, that I represent. But we thought it would be very handy and very helpful. I've looked, mm-hmm. and you know, a lot of folks blog about ESG, but I've looked for like a checklist of what companies should do. Is Are you aware yeah. if this exists somewhere? No, I don't. There's That's why we put it together. And we put this together like, 
what last year i mean it's been a while well, no, no one better you know, yeah and now and now i'm finally yeah. i'm finally discovering it and pulling the pulling the veil back like yeah. i always do so uh, i want i want my our audience to have access to these kinds absolutely. of talk to your tools well mona yeah. I, i'd like to invite you because it would probably be an entire long form episode to go through the entire checklist you say in the in the preamble of the document investors care about the environmental social mm-hmm. and governance standards that the portfolio companies are demonstrating and the sec is making ESG disclosures a priority for public companies. And that caught my eye. It's one of the things that for me was like, man, I want to get Mona on here to really peel back, pull back the veil, peel back some uh, some layers of the onion. But would you give us what you think are the key takeaways so that our audience knows at least like this is where you should get started. And then we'll share with folks how they can get access to the full checklist. Sure, sure. I mean, first of all, the first thing is that as a company, you need to really accept and realize that it's super important to have an ESG strategy and you need to have diverse members that have ESG skills so that you can really promote this in your company. And one thing that's super important too is because we represent a lot of oil majors and a lot of like fossil producing companies too, is it's really important to, to really believe what you're saying. It's not greenwashing. So you have to walk the walk and there's a fine line between greenwashing and actually really caring. And the board should consider, you know, after you look at this, you know, the, this ESG strategy, you should take advantage of this access to capital that you could get by implementing an ESG strategy. I mean, and that is like these green bonds I was talking about. We also have sustainable linked debt products too. And we are, I'm in a really interesting position because I'm representing both sides, both the issuers as well as the banks, you know? So we're helping clients do that. The third thing that's super important is that a company, you there's no standardization with ESG right now. And so it's very important to understand what your ranking is and what are what are important what what's important to the company to your company because there's all these different criteria because the SEC and the CFTC and the Nasdaq are going to be demanding and requiring uh, greater transparency and so regulators across countries are facing this pressure now to standardize And it's really important to align your ESG goals with better disclosure standards so that you have very good ESG data. What I would be happy to do is help, this is what I do, is I help clients, companies engage, leverage our expertise and our policy initiatives to try to find what is the best way to implement and take advantage of, of ESG in the marketplace. You've been such a good guide to countless companies in this industry, friends of mine who, from your advice and wisdom, Mm -hmm. have been able to leverage capital markets to grow their companies and to grow their opportunity uh, at a piece of the gigantic pie that we're all uh, that we're all working towards. Right. Which is the energy transition, but also fighting climate change and uh, Mm -hmm. and recognizing that the global capital markets are beginning to put metrics and numbers around how right. companies perform to these ESG standards, right? You said these rankings 
And right. as a public company or even as a private company, it's important that you're able to measure your management's progress on those initiatives and be able to, whether we like it or not, capital markets are going to compare you to your peers on these terms. And that's why you, Solar Warrior, need to be able to know how to implement them. If you'd like to get access to this checklist, I'd invite you to go to mysuncast.com, click on the show notes where this episode is going to be is going to be listed as it always is. And we'll have a link there to get you access to this checklist. And I'll also include a link in our posting on LinkedIn. Mona, I would love to have you back to talk all about green bonds and even dig into some of the. There's so much to talk about. There's an absolute explosion, you know, of this going on right now. So yeah, absolutely. I would love it. Where do you like to be found? Where can people reach out and connect with you? You know, Nico, I'm, you know, one of the top influencers on on LinkedIn. And so if people want to uh, get in touch with me, I'm very active in, in LinkedIn and, and it has my all my contact information. Yes, indeed you are. And if you're not following Mona on LinkedIn, again, you'll find <laughs> you'll find her LinkedIn address on the show notes of this episode, but she's easy to search. Mona M-O-N-A, Dejani D-A-G-A-N-I. And she posts the kinds of things that you would hope to be able to read from someone who is genuinely out doing this work and willing to disclose the the tricks of the trade, the secret sauce of of what it takes to get deals done. Because as I said before, Mona Dejani is a saber-wielding saber badass who knows how to get thing, deals across the finish line. Mona, it is always, always a pleasure to have you spend airtime with the Suncast tribe. I love it. Thank you so much again, Nico. Uh, love it. Thank you again. I can't wait to have a little mastermind dinner with you in New York when COVID is over. Until yeah, the, be great. Yeah, until yeah. then, uh, I bid you farewell, and I wish the Suncast Tribe will uh, also begin to follow you. We will, uh, at some point, be able to introduce them to your culinary prowess, and maybe we'll we'll have those wine talks that we talked about. Wine down Fridays, yes, after all, for sure, uh, until, absolutely. Yeah, until then, we'll see you soon, Mona. Thank you so much, Nico. Thank you. All right. All right, Solar Warrior. That is a wrap on today's Tactical Tuesday with Mona Dejani of Pillsbury. She is a force. I hope that you enjoyed this conversation and I hope that you'll join us for many more. We've done nearly 400 episodes at this point and they're all over at mysuncast.com. You can check that out. You can join our newsletter so that you'll know when the next episode is out and also where we're going to be in the world, like the upcoming Solar Power International in New Orleans. I hope to see you there. We've got a lot of fun stuff I can't wait to tell you about. If you're eager to keep learning, and I know you are because we dropped that secret that you're going to get a checklist, then you, my fellow Philomath, can find the resources and follow the rabbit trail to the highlights, social media links, checklists, and more in the discussion that we have over on mysuncast.com. Click on that episode notes page, or you can find me on LinkedIn. I am forward slash N-I-C-K-A-L-U-S if you know how to do a URL search. And Mona and I are constantly on LinkedIn trying to help inform, guide, advise, and elevate your voices and ours on the clean energy revolution. I welcome you to join us there. We'll link in the comments of our post about this episode for that little goodie snack. I hope you'll go get that checklist, share it with your board, share it with your friends, and join us back here again on Thursday for another long-form episode, as we always do, uh, just like these short-form Tactical Tuesdays that are practical 
and Thursdays are to give you insight into how you can build a career of meaning through the lens of someone else who is doing it as well. Thanks once again to our sponsors who help make this content free for you. You can learn more about them as well as how you could partner with us to reach thousands in the Suncast tribe every week at mysuncast.com forward slash sponsor. Remember, you are what you listen to. Thanks again for showing up, Solar Warrior. It's half the battle.